Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by Lions.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined by Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And it's Tuesday night in the NBA. We've got a six-game slate here for you guys. In this one, we're taking a look at my New York Knicks. They are in Orlando taking on the Magic. I think we like points in that one, but also mostly like the Knicks. Also got another game video up for you guys today. The Hawks looking to take advantage of the sliding Pellies and our player props. So make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Continue to follow along. We're also going to have a a special deadline episode for you guys. Looking at some futures markets after this trade deadline is over so we can get some of those updated uh, numbers out to you guys of what we're looking at. Also want you to head to thelines.com. You can check out all of our great written content up there and use that odds finder tool that we have. Make sure you're getting all of the best juice back you can on all these bets you're making in the NBA this season. Nate, let's go ahead and jump into our six game slate here and then talk Magic and Knicks. Yeah, and it opens just Knicks minus two, now minus one and a half with a 225 total. You may like points. I, I mean, I'm kind of on the fence on that, but we'll we'll talk about it more. Hawks are plus one and a half in NOLA. The Pelicans were sliding, but they won back-to-back over the weekend. Suns with Devin Booker back are minus five and a half at Cam Thomas's Brooklyn Nets. Uh, still waiting on that boy's props because you've got to hit those right now. Bulls on a back-to-back are plus eight in Memphis. The Wolves are plus nine at Denver. And then the Thunder, plus seven, uh, down to six and a half now at the Lakers. LeBron on the cusp of history, 36 points from the scoring record. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Knicks, there's there's definitely a lot to indicate these teams would go over if they were playing another opponent. Uh, they're, they're both yeah. gone over at a high clip in this situation, like eight of ten on the road for the Knicks, eight of ten at home for the Magic, but... It, there's such like a mirror image thing in terms of just like not allowing paint points, uh, just being a big team down low. I definitely lean towards the Knicks beyond like diving into the extra numbers just because this team has been so consistent beating teams below 500 and so consistent losing to teams above 500. I mean, they've been a little bit better lately. Um and I'm just not as worried about the fact that Orlando has jumped up and bitten teams like uh, like Philadelphia, like Boston now three times. Uh, that's kind of like capitalized on teams that are already struggling, that, that can't get much going from the perimeter. Uh, like New Orleans, when they were in that funk, held them to 19 in the fourth, then held Boston to 19 in the fourth as they still are missing Marcus Smart at that point and can't get their offense going. Otherwise, they're allowing 121 their last four at home, uh, and that's that's been a 119 defensive rating. They've been shooting a lot better at home as well, which is why we've been going over. But, I mean, the, you, I said both teams are good at denying pain points. The Knicks are the best over the last two months. Uh, and on the road in January, allowing just 40 pain points, allowing the lowest two-point rate on the road. So, I mean, Orlando might shoot a little better at home. Uh, I mean, the splits are pretty stark, in fact, from a, from a young team shooting 41% from three. But I don't really trust any of their guys to 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 have good, you know, night-to-night shooting from deep. Um, and I do trust the Knicks right now uh, that they're hitting 13 threes and nearly 40% their last five on the road here. The defense has been awful with Mitchell Robinson out. Um, but, you know, some of that is who they've played. And Orlando is just a team that you can kind of pack it in against. I mean, they met very early in the season and they let Orlando hoist 35 threes and they only hit seven horrible assist to turnover ratio for, for Orlando. And they just kind of bullied 
that young front court uh, for a 115-102 win. So I, I'm not really messing with the total is all, all to say. I just trust, you know, the superior talent of the Knicks, of their top two guys especially, to just get this done um, and, and and move on with a win against one of the lower tier teams, despite their, their recent, you know, feistiness. If they've been feisty all season, I think I've talked about them being my second favorite team in the league this year uh, when they're covering certain games and they've even won a few uh, massive money lines for me. But uh, this is a situation where I would love, I mean, it already got bet down, right? Like I would love to be able to just ride those numbers that we've, that we've written down. I'd love to be able to just say, you know, Orlando uh, going at home right now is able to score and they're just not stopping teams nearly as much with that 117 defensive rating that they've been playing with in their last four home games, which is why, you know, they've they've gone over uh, a bunch and even over in, uh, against teams that maybe you, you wouldn't think that a team like the Magic would go over against in their last few games. Um, you know, play, I mean, the Hornets is obviously when you expect the Timberwolves have been playing faster, but better defense. That 76ers game, I, I think that's a little bit more to the back-to-back that they played against the Sixers in Philly, I think is a little bit more reminiscent or, you know, like apropos of what we should expect to see against this Knicks team. Um, You know, there is some similarities there between the 76ers and Knicks, although the 76ers have been playing a lot faster um, and and getting the ball out of the net, even in going fast with with James Harden and company. But uh, at the same time, we all know what their bread and butter is going to be. And it's going to be make sure Joel has at least one touch each time down that he's on the floor. Um, And you can say a very similar type of thing about Jay Randall uh, and and Jalen Brunson in terms of the Knicks coming down and, and playing a similar style as the 76ers. Once they get into that half court, they're happy to let their, you know, their big man sort of just take some space, draw the defense in, and then find the open guy um, or some form of pick and roll with Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle as well, which is all very similar to Philly, which is, I, like I said, I think a lot more uh, reasonable to expect that things in this game are going to go along uh, that that way. And, and that some of the stuff we've seen from from the the uh, the Magic and the Knicks that have caused them to score much more points, I do think a little bit more of it is matchup based and that once these two teams play each other um, and just grind this thing down to a snail's pace, it's just really hard for me to, to see them getting over like 220, man. And this thing opened at like 228 and a half. It's already been bet down, like we said, to about 226, 225. If you if you are looking on a, a few different sites using that odds finder tool we have on the lines.com, uh, you can kind of probably you can find it if you want to get under still about 226. Um, and I still think that's a, a reasonable number. But I do agree with you that I, I feel a little bit better about uh, the Knicks being able to handle things uh, on the road where they've just been a way better team this year and I don't want to say way better team overall but the results speak for themselves in the way that they're sort of coming on the road they're they're better at rebounding on the road um they're definitely better in terms of uh limiting fast break fast break points they're number one in second chance points on the road as well like you were talking about dominating the glass and dominating the paint that's what they've been doing on both sides of the ball um and and Orlando I mean they're strongest in a lot of the places where the Knicks are going to be able to try to score down low we've talked about that before as well um if you wanted to look at some some props and this game, I think you prefer guards. I think you prefer maybe like Quentin Grimes at like 11 and a half points if RJ doesn't play, uh, I'm saying. And then Jalen Brunson, I mean, he and, and Julius Randle have averaged 30 points a game each in the games that RJ Barrett has not played this season. It's been like nine games that he's missed uh, and they they just ball the hell out at that point. You, you wonder if the rest of the team is going to come along with them uh, as, as well, which is something that we consistently worry about without RJ in there. Uh, they, they do have a few guys on offense that they 
could be playing a little bit more like Cam Reddish, but they seem to love, hate him or hate, love him. I'm not really sure. Uh, they just don't play him is the point. So we continue to see a, a lack of wing offense at that point. That's why I do think Quentin Grimes at like 11 and a half points is pretty low, um, but I'm not expecting points nearly as much as, as this one currently sits at. So it's, it's even scares me to take an over on any of these guys outside of really like RJ and Julius, to be honest, uh, just because we know what they do and RJ's not in there. Yeah, you mean Jalen and Julius if yeah. RJ sits. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's something to really rely on. Uh, the Magic's defense against the backcourt has been pretty bad lately because they they want to they want to try out Cole Anthony and they want to try out Markel Fultz more. And Bull Bull, who I for some reason I don't think anybody is, is that really interested in him, is an incredible defensive piece. And early in the season is why they were limiting guards. Uh, Jalen, of course, still cooked that team with Bull Bull out there. I don't think it's really a problem for him if no. there is that extra length. Uh, Mobamba is out as well tonight for what that's worth. But the point is, yeah, I mean, the, the Knicks have a true floor general. They have a guy who's going to get their backcourt in, in good position. You know, whether they have RJ or not, uh, they have that advantage there. And, I mean, Paolo at this point kind of hitting the rookie wall. He He led the Magic offense in this early meeting against the Knicks. I just don't think they're going to be able to get much done down low or or get the same free throw rate that's really they've really relied on here in this last 10 game stretch, nearly 30 free throws a game. The Knicks are just not that type of team to let to let you parade to the line like that. I mean, they're 11th in January denying free throws, but I think they can be better in this particular matchup, uh, especially when with Tibbs emphasizing that as as a defensive point. Yeah, and oddly enough, Mitch Rob not being in there <laughs> probably means they're not necessarily giving up uh, as many fouls. But what's crazy is that they're still so good against the paint without Mitchell Robinson in there. Uh, I would say Jericho Sims has been getting about 18, 19 minutes a game. And uh, he's a guy that I think you can put out there against the Magic as well and expect him to just create some helter, you know, some some helter skelter at least so that it mucks things up and, and you can keep the the Magic off of the uh, the offensive glass. I know, like you said, Mo Bamba's not in there, but Wendell Carter Jr. is as well. And, and I think he'll continue to be a pretty good matchup for Julius Randle. It's just it's going to be volume for, for Randle tonight. I wouldn't be banking on him. Like like we said, it's definitely a better matchup for guards against this Orlando team who has been giving up three-pointers a lot more. You talk about the Knicks making threes on the road as well. I think that'll be a pretty big deal for them, if, especially if uh, Grimes is out there, McBride, and uh, and Evan Fournier even gets a few minutes. I, I hate to say it, but at least they're all better uh, th- deep shooters uh, than, than RJ is right now. So I think you can expect uh, to be able to get a few more points from, from deep uh, against this Magic team. Yeah, so Hawks have been good on the road for sure. I mean, this is the end of a five-game road trip. They did get two days rest. That's going to be key for Trey Young, who's missed their last two or losses on this road trip. But they, yeah. he, they've they won and won handily with him in there. And you might think like, oh, the offense is better. The defense is worse with, with Trey out there. But for some reason, recently, it's been the opposite way. It's been Clint Capella playing off Trey Young, I think, and in some ways just denying what other teams are trying to do because he's back in there in their last 11, though, still giving, you know, still nine and nine and two to be over in their last 11 in the Hawks because they have the best offensive rating in the league during that span. Um, and they're also hemorrhaging paint points even with Capella in there. So I'm not reading too much into those immediate splits with Capella, but uh, I, I mean, I because I would think that the Pels are going to get get it going down low. I mean, this is more of an interesting spot for them. After losing nine straight with Ingram looking extremely rusty, he got his groove back against the Lakers, uh, and then he sat, and they still rolled 
without him on a back-to-back. Uh, so slight rest disadvantage here, though, for New Orleans. The third game in four nights. And they're 9-11 and with a rest disadvantage. Also below, you know, 10-13 versus the East. And both those situations, they do tend to go over. They haven't gone over in this matchup recently. Uh, but, you know, I, I do think that the numbers we're talking about here in terms of Hawks giving up pain points, Pels giving up three-point shooting, and the Hawks getting right in that department, um, and Trey being healthier here on two days rest. The Hawks are going over by 11 points per game, seven and two to the over when they get two days rest here. Um, so I do think I lean over here, but I, I once again, I kind of just like the road team, the team playing better here. I'm not buying into a very small two game sample size. that says, oh, the Pels have figured this out and like they're going to be. Uh, you know, good enough to beat Atlanta, which is since, you know, that all that kerfuffle in mid-December has been a really good team. They've, they've been alternating results a little bit, you know, kind of punting some games, I guess. Uh, or, you know, when Trey's not out there, they're not as good. But 7-1 and one last eight roadies with Trey with a 113 defensive rating. That's the kind of like stark splits that I'm talking about. And um, basically shooting 50-40-90 as a team. Uh, when he's out there, I don't think the Pels still have the firepower to match that. Um, so, I mean, I think I actually like Hawks more than the over because of that. I worry that the Pelicans are going to regress to where they were in that nine game losing streak. Ingram does not have good numbers his last couple against ATL. Uh, and Capella has some really good numbers defending. You know, he might be a problem for Joe Val, who was also listed as probable with a quad bruise. Um, and I just don't think the Pels have the three point shooting to hang in this one, uh, which is why they've lost seven of their last eight against, uh, against Atlanta. Yeah. And I think one thing, uh, that you, that you didn't mention about, um, about the, the Pellies and maybe it's because I know how much you love CJ McCollum, but he's just not been what they need to be honest. Right. Like he, he hasn't stepped in to give them starting star guard, numbers let's say right like he is their starting guard he's the guy who, who who came in and obviously when zion was out a bunch last season played really well for them when he came over and zion's still not around and cj isn't doing the same stuff that he was last year and it's really you know very specific particularly around the three-point line i mean he, he's gotten better uh in the last roughly like 10 15 games he's back up to about like 35 34 percent uh from deep uh, but it's just it's not good enough for him and he's he is still taking about seven attempts from out there i think they need him to make a bit more I think they need him to to dime up a bunch more. I think they need him to play a bit more of that normal point guard. And I think that's what you see from the lack of offense on this team is a, a lack of a point guard. B.I., like you said, he's going to get his against the Lakers no matter what. That's going to be a forever for his career thing. I think he wanted to play for them. He didn't get the opportunity. And now every time he goes back there, he's going to be pissed, right? Uh, and, and so that's a little bit more of an anomaly. Uh, I think in, in this game, you, you might expect a little bit more aggression. Like you said, when he's playing with C.J. right now alongside each other, when they're on the court together, they're net rating isn't even positive which is wild you can put them in a bunch of different um five-man lineups and maybe it gets better but in there when there's just you, you just narrow it down to a two-man lineup they're not playing well together and cj's not helping brandon you know bi get into his spots bi is not hitting to be fair to him it's it's been a weird season um but I, I think the lack of offense from nola and just the lack of consistency on offense is why you 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 lean uh atlanta in this game Plus two, I love that it's it's been bet away from them. I do think there's something to the idea that um, you know the, the Pelicans, even though they haven't been anything close to a, a good defensive team. If they have Joe Val, I like this matchup a lot better for them. If they don't, yeah, I think Capella and, and Trey are about to eat tonight, um, and, and that's going to be a big problem with with 
Capella in the lineup this season. Uh, Trey's actually had a few less minutes, but pretty close to about the same amount of time that Trey's been on the floor with and without Capella. And when Capella's out there, everything's just much better. Three more points a game, two more assists per game. Um, I believe his turnovers are about the same because you can expect that from Trey, but about uh, an extra free throw attempt a game, a little bit better from deep. Like everything's just a little bit better because he needs that one guy to come in, create space for him so that he's either going towards the basket or able to pull up from deep. Um, and, and that's been, you know, why they're better with Capella out there as well, unsurprisingly, and that defensive rating goes way up. So this is going to be a bit of a matchup problem for Nola, especially if um, if Jova, I mean, look, he'll, he'll probably be out there, right? I think we can expect him to get minutes. I think they're trying to, to sort of salvage this season after hemorrhaging those, like, what, nine to ten losses in a row that they had. Um, and, and so there's reason to think that they're going to come out and try. But I think that also leads you to like a bit more points um, moving forward as well. Atlanta, you know, in the last five games, or well, four games really since um, they've been on the road, Trey doesn't really impact their defense. If anything, it's worse. But, you know, 14 uh, made threes for their opponent is good for the fifth worst. Um, they are allowing better than 37% from deep as well. Um, and, and while, you know, New Orleans has also wanted to get out on the fast break a bit more um, and, and run with with guys when, you know, especially when CJ's not out there and it's just young guys all over the floor. Um, you know, Atlanta, it, it's, it's, they're not great uh, in, in transition defense, but they have been better. They've been top five in rebounds. They've been limiting uh, offensive rebounds. And they've been getting some offensive rebounds and, and sort of limiting, um, you know, the opponent fast break. So I think that's where, you know, it, their offense is almost a better defense for them by making buckets so that they can avoid, you know, other teams being able to sprint back on D against them. And I, I think that's what you can expect tonight uh, in, in this game. Pace, definitely a little bit faster um, as as the, the Hawks have been at, at the top 10 pace all season as well. Um, probably the addition of DeJounte there is that's not what their style was last year. So I think that that that's opens up just plenty of points and, and you can't take an under in a Hawks game right now. You just got to keep hitting that over, especially on the road, uh, even at 236 and a half, if that's what you want. But I, I love taking them as dogs as well. Yeah, you really can't because it's like it's an alternate line situation where they, they hit 250 uh, pretty often if they if they are going over. Um, so, yeah, the 237, even with it creeping up a little bit, doesn't scare me. Pace is a little faster on the road yeah. since the new year. Um, more free throws for the Hawks. Dominating the boards, though, on the road, like you said, and limiting free throws, third limiting free throws in this last 11. So, I mean, that's a huge part of what New Orleans needs to do. I mean, DeAndre Hunter, good defensive matchup for Ingram uh, and has been recently been playing really well. DeJounte Murray really coming on in terms of understanding how to play with Trey. I think it's all kind of lining up that Atlanta being a deeper, better team here, and they don't have the same road home issues that they have in the past. Uh, so I think the, the, the Pels little like two game win streak snaps here and uh, ATL gets another road win. Yeah, it's a, it's a good call. And uh, the, the road wins are so crazy. I think the, the road numbers are better, um, you know, for, for some of these guys, like we talk about Trey and, and them just sort of riding his uh, bad guy, you know, villain sort of role that he likes to play when he gets on the road. Um, and I think you can continue to expect that from him tonight. So you're listening to the lines.com podcast network. Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top U.S. sports books all in one place. Then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. 
Check out the Lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Stephen Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Nate, let's go ahead and jump into your first prop for tonight. We're talking about the Kings in this Lakers game. The King in this Lakers the game. <laughs> exactly. The King soon to be the NBA scoring champion, LeBron. So this is a fun one to talk about because there's some markets up in terms of when it will happen. Will it be tonight that he gets 36 more? Will it be Thursday against Milwaukee? Um, and I saw it a little lower than minus 220. Uh, that's where it is now for it to happen next game. I think that's an interesting way to kind of game under 36 and a half points for LeBron, or I think it's 35 and a half um, in this matchup because I don't, I don't think he's going to force it. Um, yeah. I, I am, you know, 35 and a half points assist. Maybe he gets there, but I'm more interested in the assists, actually. I mean, with Anthony Davis out there, with LeBron – you know, embracing his role as a facilitator and not looking like he's just like going to chase this record with OKC on a back-to-back and not necessarily going to hang around. Uh, they were not competitive in Golden State last night. The Lakers are getting a little bit better here. So I think LeBron kind of fills up a balanced stat line. Seven and a half assists at plus 106 is more appealing to me than, than trying to take his points and the plus 130 for him to break the record tonight. Uh, also interesting how the record will be broken though. Minus 150 on a two pointer plus three plus 260 on a three. And he said, you know, outright, he really hopes it doesn't happen on a free throw. So he's going to do everything he can to, uh, make that, make that happen. But back to this matchup, you know, AD in there last five games, LeBron's averaging eight and a half assists. His usage rate has dropped to 31%. It's around 30 with AD the last couple seasons, but the assists have gone up. Uh, by 0.5 per game the last two seasons, as you would expect. He's going to feed him. I mean, OKC has no no uh, interior paint presence on defense. So it's it's going to be pretty easy for LeBron to just dime up AD in, in particular. Um, and, you know, against the Thunder, 25 assists his last three meetings. The Thunder give up the the 10th the most paint points, like I'm saying, and, and, and a lot, ton of free throws. I mean, you won't get assists on that, but I think that's the advantage the Lakers will be able to press here. And why I like LeBron to stay under 36, but give us enough dimes for the over on that. I mean, what's interesting is I'm looking at these numbers through the lens of where does LeBron want to break the record? Um, because and, and the thing is, I don't have a stronger feeling about this game where he's in L.A., um, which probably where he wants to break it, where Kareem scored his last point in the NBA. Um, or does he want to beat the or do it against the Bucks, where Kareem played the majority of his career? I, I think the storyline is probably better for in L.A. Um, but yeah, to your point, I don't know uh, if 36 is on the, the docket for him tonight necessarily. Uh, I think we'll see early, dude. I think we'll see very early if if LeBron is coming out. If he's like, I'm scoring 10 to 12 in the first quarter. I think we kind of know what he's on about. Um, if he's diming up the way that he is, I, I 
think we kind of know what he's on about. Uh, luckily, if you you know you do have an account to a, a spot like uh, DraftKings or Sports or uh, FanDuel something like that, you can hit player props live as well. Uh, and maybe you want to see how he comes out and if he's really rearing to score because it's narrative. LeBron is a narrative guy. He he loves uh, the drama. He loves all of it. Um, and and I think it's you really want to bank on where does he want to break this record? And I I do think it's in LA to to be honest. Um, so we'll see what happens tonight. But you can uh, t- live bet that one as if you want as well um going under here nate on a guy who's been pretty hot lately but uh we've got the balls to go d'angelo russell under 28 and a half points rebounds and assists combined i think we really like adding the other uh peripheral stats there to just the points because when he does decide to just randomly go off he can do it um i think we can also look at over two and a half turnovers here for him um as this is going to be a game where i do think the uh the nuggets will have their their defense pretty ready in, in their last six versus delo um 17 points a game for him less than three boards and six assists or so uh he's at about a 20 21 percent usage uh in that time frame only eight Team, though in the last two against him um, Denver's defense been a lot better uh, number five in defensive efficiency at home all season long which is what we've been waiting for uh, for this team to be able to do since they've had Joker uh, D'Lo in his last trip to Denver had 13 points and seven uh, assists there with no rebounds uh, and Denver is top 10 in limiting opponent shooting guards um, in both points and assists um, and rebounds I believe as well it's like 12 13th whatever really good still so I, I think this is a, a good opportunity to go under on him even though you know his points are too low at 18 and a half. I do see a world where he gets 20, but a, a also really easily see a world where he gets 20 and doesn't get 29 uh, points, rebounds and assists combined. Yeah. I mean the, the amount of times where he has one or zero rebounds is pretty stark here. So yeah, if you were taking, you were hoping for 18 points, 10 assists here, and then one rebound maybe, which is, I think exactly the line he had when these teams played last time, but I think, yeah, Denver will be on some revenge here tonight. I'm actually kind of interested in minus nine, despite that spread. Uh, Gobert looks legitimately questionable, and uh, I don't think they'll be that competitive against the Joker if Gobert's not ready to go. Yeah. Speaking of centers, uh, Clint Capella, we touched on in that Hawks-Pelicans game as a reason to kind of like the Hawks. He's playing really well lately, and I think he's going to be needed in this matchup against the Pels. And and when he plays big minutes, he's almost a lock for a double-double especially when he's playing alongside Trey Young and he's catching lobs. Uh, I mean, per 36 this year, 16 points, 15 rebounds a game. So you look at just 22 and a half points, rebounds as the prop. You could also just take even money at FanDuel for a double-double or 11 rebounds. But I think the double-double is is firmly in play here. Uh, his last six against Nola, I mean, 14 points per game, 13 rebounds, also three blocks, and is a plus 29. So he should be getting that run. 33 minutes in the last two meetings and those numbers have even gone up to 17 and a half and 14 and a half boards because I mean Jonas Valanciunas is a guy you need a true center out there against and and you know last time uh the the Hawks played Chicago uh Capella got 36 minutes against Vucevic as, as the best defensive option there Okongwu is coming and, and and taking some of his minutes for sure and in a lot of matchups it seems when they're facing a a smaller team or a team that can spread spread it out a little bit more. Um, they they are going with the Kongwu, but he has at least four fouls in five of his last six games. He's still very much in a learning process and doesn't quite have the length to deal with Joe Val, I think. So I think they'll press that matchup and keep riding Capella against the Pels. Yeah, I mean, I like Capella and I like Trey. 
uh, and both these numbers, they, they both make each other better. Um, and, and so if I like Trey as much as I do in this game, why not, you know, also assume that, because I, I do like him to get 10 assists, and I think you can expect uh, Capella to be slamming a few of those down. You, you talk about, I mean, Joval probably playing, but this is a, a team in, in the Hawks that, like we've talked about in that game video, dominating the boards uh, when, when Capella is available as well lately. So I think it's a, it's a good call for him in a good spot tonight. I'm going to finish off these props, Nate, with Desmond Bain. Um, 20 and a half points tonight for Bain uh, as Memphis is playing the Chicago Bulls, second half of a back-to-back for Los Bulls after the the Spurs game last night. Uh, Minus 104 for him to get 21 points. Three threes for him tonight would be minus 130 on DK if you want that. That's pretty much the best place to find it. Um, And really, it's about, you know, Memphis coming home. Uh, Bain, 26 points in their last game uh, versus Toronto when they came back to to uh, their home floor, uh, shooting better than, you know, four for seven from deep better than 50 percent on that one in his last four home games pretty similar numbers there 24 game uh four assists and three and a half made threes um shooting about 54 percent from deep there so i think you know bane coming around obviously when he's out there we, we know what to expect from him he's had a couple of fluky games because of the fact that he was sort of coming back from injury but you you see the further away he is from the last time he missed time and he continues to get better which i think is what we're looking for in this game uh the bulls not great on defense all season long allowing the fifth most points per game to shooting guards the fourth most three-pointers and the second most assists so a lot of ways to to bet Bain tonight he has been diming up a bit more like we talk about better than four a game over his last uh four home games but I think the 20 and a half points is just so low uh that you expect him to get at least 21 tonight in in a game against the Bulls that should have enough scoring at least especially for the Grizz yeah you could just tack on the three assists I think and make that a combined bet if you expect him to continue to be that secondary playmaker that they need, uh, I mean, how much is Caruso going to be on John Morant tonight? And then the Grizz are going to just be like, all right, well, Bane, you initiate against, you know, freaking Zach Levine, who is mired in trade rumors along with DeRozan and the Bulls are on a back-to-back. And how much defensive intensity are they really going to bring here in Memphis? I think the biggest concern might be a blowout. Uh, but I think Bane can still get 20-plus points in three quarters if if everything's clicking for the Grizz. Yeah, you worry about the the blowout factor a little bit at this point, but yeah, I think Bain's good enough to get uh, above his twenty one before we get there. I think I am going to add on the three assists since it's just three. To be honest with you, I kind of like um, adding that in there, not losing too much juice. So that is all the time we have for you guys in this one. Make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Looking to stay super hot with you guys on these player props and the game videos as well. So until we see you next, happy betting. Yeah.